welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. Today, Nick and I are joined by Thunder Center Mike Muscala from inside the NBA's campus in Orlando. He's telling us what makes this team so special, what he's been doing in his free time, and we learn what he chose for the social justice message on the back of his uniform and why. All right here on the Thunder Basketball Universe. Well, for a record-breaking third time on the podcast, we would like to welcome in the one and only Mike Mascala. Mike, this is a little crazy now. We've had you on the podcast three times. The first time was in person in the Thunder Ion, and then the second time you were coming to us from Minnesota, and now we get to see you in Orlando. This is pretty crazy, but we we really appreciate you being with us in all of these crazy different situations. Yeah, I'm honored. I'm surprised you guys aren't sick of me yet, but thanks for having me. Okay. No, come yeah. on, friend of the pod, Mike Mescala. We, you're you're like a regular now, you know. <laughs> no, I love the pod, so thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, Mike, the big question for for everybody, we want to know what the players have been up to down in Orlando. This is such a unique situation. What are some of the things you've been up to? Uh, I played golf yesterday uh, with Steve-O and Gallo and Coach and Saint. So that was fun. Um, they're, they're, they're giving us some golf times that we can go out. So that's been fun. Uh, play, play a little cornhole. I have a little charity tournament going on right now. Um, but it's just been fun being in the gym too, mostly. kind of feels like a basketball camp down here. So we're, uh, it's, it's kind of that fun feeling again. And just uh, looking forward to practicing games like, uh, almost every day. Tell us about those golf matches. Uh, wow. We, we, uh, it was the, the players against, uh, against, uh, coach and Saint yesterday and, uh, they, they beat us pretty well. So, um, it's, it's fun to go out and compete in something different than basketball. Um, and the courses here are nice and, uh, luckily it was a little, a little cloudy yesterday, so it wasn't too hot, but it's been fun. I, I like playing golf. Uh, just fun to kind of get out and move around on an off day. Were you golfing a lot back in OKC too, or is it something that you just got into in Orlando because, you know, you have some extra free time? Uh, I've, I've golfed quite a, uh, since I was a kid, but I mean, not well, but I had only played once in OKC, uh, you know, since I had been there since last summer. So um, it's fun to have a little time to, to get it in now and, and it makes it a little convenient. I think it goes well with the basketball season, just, you know, to be able to get outside a little bit instead of being in the gym, you know, get a little sun and everything and move around. Uh, producer Hindi just asked one of the best questions ever. <laughs> what kind of shoes does Steven Adams wear to play golf? Is he still <laughs> in his flip-flops or <laughs> does he put on the big golf shoes? That is a good question. Uh, he does not have golf shoes to my knowledge. I think he just wears like, like a, you know, like a trainer type shoe um, out there, but he, I'll tell you what he, uh, I've never seen when he gets good contact. Uh, I've never seen a drive like a driver go that far and that high. Like it's 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 like a home run when he hits it. So it's kind of fun to watch. <laughs> you Gallo and Steven, I mean that's a pretty tall group. I assume that they have to have some extra long golf clubs for you guys to play with. Yeah, we, I, I brought mine and uh, Steve uses me and Gallo's together. So we it's, it's a team effort. <laughs> <laughs> you know billy was saying that danilo like has fleeced him a couple times on the golf course that like danilo kind of kind of sandbag and like play you know don't not play so well in the first fr front nine and then just come surging on the back nine wait wait who said Gallo billy said that billy said that danilo does that that danilo will kind of hang back and then and then be great on the back nine I'll tell you what i'll tell you what Co coach can golf 
coach can golf. Uh, I can see that. I'm not going to get into that between those two, but uh, <laughs> he can golf. He, he had some great shots yesterday. <laughs> you mentioned that it was just nice to get back on the floor. I mean, I'm curious, after such a long time off, how did it feel just to be with your guys and be able to play five on five again? Uh, it felt great. Um, it's a fun, it's a fun group of guys to play with, and it felt good to play against other teams too. Obviously, uh, you know they're great teams down here, so it's 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 fun to compete, and uh, I feel grateful for the fact that they've you know created this platform for us to be able to play. Uh, all the work that went into it, you know, I can't imagine um, creating this whole environment. So it's been fun. Yeah, that's something that's been really apparent all the way back here in Oklahoma City. Is like every single time that you guys talk publicly, the level of gratitude that's coming out of your roster and your teammates is incredible. Why do you think that's been the case for, for your group? Uh, I mean, you know, I think it, it speaks to the people, you know, in, on the team organization and, and, and throughout the league. And I think uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's just a tough time in 2020. Um, but, you know, to be able to, um, and, and, you know, when, when everything first got canceled, I, I didn't know what to expect going forward um, from the league. But, you know, I tip my hat because, uh, you know, to like I said, to be able to create this environment um, and, you know, to bring basketball back to the fans uh, of the NBA, I feel uh, is, is something special that they pulled off. You guys seem to have hit your groove uh, right away, you know, 3-0 in the scrimmages and, and the bench play has just been sensational. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think the the young guys are doing a heck of a job. Um, it's a testament to all the work they've put in, you know, and uh, with the coaches and everything and, and the staff. Um, and uh, you know, I'm just excited for the for the real thing now to start on Saturday. So it'll be fun. Yeah, in that last game against Portland, you guys, your the Thunder bench outscored Portland's bench like 85 to 54. And one of the biggest compliments that coach has given you guys is just the high level of engagement that you guys have had just since being in Orlando. I mean, how important is that for you guys? You know, just everybody on the roster just being ready to go, especially in this sort of situation that you guys are in. Yeah, no, it's definitely important. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's really what competing comes down to um, is just, you know, being locked in, giving it your best, being there for your teammates. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been fun to do that so far in the preseason. Like I said, just, uh, you know, looking forward to one game at a time here as we start these seeding games. Um, it's going to be a unique, you know, unique environment. Um, but I'm excited. You know, it's, it's something different, something that's never been done before. So it's fun to be a part of it. All season long, you guys have had one of the best benches, not just scoring, but actually defensively one of the best benches too. How do you imagine that kind of coming into play down here in the restart when, you know, teams might be losing guys for all sorts of reasons, COVID or, you know, just injury or whatever? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, I think throughout the whole roster, um, you know, there's guys who are just hungry to play and uh, passionate about the game. So, you know, I think that, that uh, you know, that resonates throughout, throughout a team. Uh, and I can feel that. So um, it just, it's, it's fun. You know, I think uh, there's, there's silver linings and in a lot of things when you can look at them uh, and, you know, with the whole, you know, postponing of games and, and the uncertainty, um, you know, I think at least for me personally, it, it just reminded me, you know, how fun it is to play the game. Um, and, you know, I think a big part of defense is, uh, you know, being there for each other communication-wise uh, and having each other's backs. You know, I think great defensive teams, uh, you know, they, 
I'm watching the last dance right now, Nick. So I remember you talked. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Like I see, I, I hear how they talk about you know with the Bulls team, just how they knew you know uh, they they had each other's backs, you know, especially on defense. And uh, I think um, you know I'm just trying to try to pick up on that and and uh, and uh, yeah, it's 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 fun when you know when, you, when and also I, I read a story about Chris saying how Chris was talking a lot in the preseason games. Um, and I think with, with the lack of sound, uh, it's even more of a, an environment, a challenge to try to get guys to talk more because, you know, like I said, that, that is so important on defense. Yeah, that's something that we've been hearing. Brad Stevens said that Chris dominated the entire game against the Celtics just with his voice. And so we were kind of curious what that meant. Did, you know, was he calling out plays? Was he calling out coverages? What, like, what do you think Brad Stevens meant by that? Um, yeah, I think probably, probably mostly on the defensive end, but Chris is talking the entire game, you know, he sees the game so well. Uh, and, um, you know, I think, you know, especially, you know, as a big man, um, you know, you're kind of used to calling out pick and roll stuff because you're always behind the defense. But when you have a point guard out there, uh, who's talking a lot, um, that, you know, that, that leads the team because, you know, they're always the ones getting guys into sets and getting the actions going on offense. Um, but when they're talking on defense too, you got, you know, you kind of got more of the whole floor covered in terms of communication. This is a, just such a new situation for you guys. And uh, a lot of us are curious what it's like running out onto the floor, you know, with no fans and you've experienced now a, a quote unquote home game and away game. What's that interaction like for you guys on the floor? Yeah, it's funny. Like when we first came out for our first preseason game with, with layup lines, it was, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was different, you know, there was just hardly any, any noise or, uh, it's just not the same, you know, as, as running out to, to fans in an arena. Um, and it's funny, like, I, at least for me, I don't ever really know if it's a home or away game until we start the warm up process. And then you'll see like on the board, you know, Oh, okay. This is the team who has their stuff, like their virtual stuff for the day. So, um, they just, I think with our last game, we just played two days ago, they just started putting like the fans, uh, or like the virtual fans, um, you know, it was just like a rerun, a recording of it. But so we got a sense for that. And then that was the first time they had done the, you know, the pumped in sound. So like seeing somebody who was, uh, who's in charge of that. So it was an away game for our last game. Um, so it was, I mean, it's, it's such interesting stuff. And, and then the, the guy in charge with NBA came and t- spoke with us after the game and just kind of wanted our feedback on like how it was and everything. And, so, you know, you see that kind of effort put forth um, to try to make it good for fans and for players and just for the whole game, and it's pretty cool to see. And even though it was not a away game for you guys, you guys still had one of the most exciting performances of your three scrimmages, knocking down 23s. You guys went 20 for 40. I mean, what was the energy like in that game, and what was your guys' mentality knowing that that was going to be your last scrimmage before these games started counting? Um, I don't know if, if like, being the last scrimmage uh, necessarily meant anything, but I think, you know, it's just trying to have that approach of just, you know, treating, you know, going hard every possession, um, you know, regardless of the preseason or seeding game or whatever, because, you know, you try to build those habits as you, as you go into the playoffs. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we're going to take it one game at a time, but, but it'll be fun, fun to be in the playoffs. The other thing I noticed, Mike, I mean, you went five of 11 yourself from three and, the game against Philly, you came in and knocked down a couple really, really big ones. And I just remember over the course of time having Nick Collison here, he said 
one of the hardest things for role players to do in this league. And it's why usually the best role players are veterans is how do you go in there for five minutes and go two for two or, and do all the other things that you need to do and, and still be able to catch enough of a rhythm to be able to go two for two or two for three. But what's that like for you when you haven't played in four months also? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I mean, coach, uh, you know, he, uh, during, you know, when, when we were all kind of our at home and everything like in, in April and whatnot, and we'd have our weekly meetings. Uh, he went through once I remember in our weekly meeting and asked guys, you know, what they thought would be the important thing to, to, to focus on or keep in mind as we, you know, as we address potentially returning to play. And when we do return to play, um, and I remember Gallo saying just like finding our rhythm. Um, and that just kind of stuck with me a little bit. And that's just like, it's such a big part of basketball. I think is just, uh, is the rhythm of the game. You know, it's kind of a dance out there. So, um, I mean, yeah, hey, sometimes the ball goes in, sometimes it doesn't, but I feel like, uh, you just, you know, you just try to do uh, whatever's needed to win and just be there for your team. Uh, and it, sometimes, you know, if, if you're making shots, it feels good, but there's other ways you can affect the game too and, and be there for your team and help them win. Well, knocking down shots has taken on a whole new meaning for you now, Mike, because with every three-pointer, this is just so incredible for you to make the most of your time in Orlando with this team. But we learned that from, for every three-pointer that this team is making during its time in Orlando, you'll be donating $100 to Peace Players International, which you guys got off to a heck of a start now. You yeah. <laughs> 41 threes at this point. What went into that decision for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's fun looking at the box score after every game now. And just, you know, all right, that's how, like 20 last game was, was cool. But uh, I think it was just like, you know, I was – I chose peace for the back of my, uh, my Jersey, um, word. And, um, then I just remember thinking like a couple of weeks ago, you know, around being around the bubble after practice, just seeing all the work that's going in to make this possible, you know, for us to be able to play the game and, and how much I think guys are enjoying it. Um, just trying to give back to, to an organization that that's all about, you know, peace through basketball and, um, all the great things, the healing, you know, powers of the game. Um, because there's a lot of people who can't play right now, who, uh, you know, there's rims being taken down from parks, um, there's leagues and there's camps. You know, it's just the summertime now, and there's this is a time when a lot of camps are usually going on, and, and they can't go on right now. So, you know, Peace Players, you know, they're involved in uh, Northern Ireland and uh, Israel and um, now in some cities in the United States, uh, and they're doing their first ever virtual camp this week uh, where they have young hoopers from all over the country kind of chiming in from from zoom being able to do what they can now at a time where you know a lot of people are not able to come together so i just thought it would be kind of a cool way to to show some appreciation for uh, for everything that the nba is doing for letting us play now you choosing peace for the back of your jersey was that before or after you got involved with peace players uh, I've been in, I've I've known of, about them and kind of been involved for for a few years, but I, I chose peace not thinking of peace players, and then I just kind of was like, oh, kind of light bulb went off one day, and I thought that'd be kind of a fun idea. One of the things Matt Pinto says a lot is cha-ching. Oh wait, Nick, you're gonna have to help me with this one. Cha-ching, cha-ching a thunder money ball. A thunder money ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I knew I was gonna butcher that. So one. <laughs> yeah, so now that cha-ching really means something every time he says thunder uh, yeah, money ball. Yeah, cha-ching, I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. <laughs> I might say that for me, Nick. <laughs> you should. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I like it. Hopefully we'll hear it through the the quiet gym in the arena. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the scholar in the background. <laughs> <laughs>
here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. And Mike, the main thing is that the seeding games for the Thunder are right around the corner, starting on August 1st. And we want to know from you, what's the main thing for this team after those three scrimmages going into these seeding games that you guys need to be ready for? It's just one, one, taking things one position at a time. But, um, you know, I think we've been, we've been, you know, building good habits throughout the season. Obviously, you know, there was an interruption and, and now, um, just not getting too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, one position at a time, you know, offense, defense, um, playing together uh, and having some fun. You know, I think uh, at the end of the day, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be out there trying to have some fun and showing what teamwork can do. And hopefully that, that it's fun for the fans to watch. You guys are going to be playing Utah on Saturday and it's going to be kind of revisiting the, the game that we almost had on, on March 11th. Any memories kind of flooding back from from that night, and it will be kind of weird to, to square off against those guys again. Yeah, like I I I uh, I've, I've forgotten a couple of times that that's like the first game back. But obviously, it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, uh, obviously that game was was pretty crazy. I mean, it wasn't even that we had never even tipped off yet. But um, you know, that's a game I'll always remember. Uh, but hey, you know, it's in a way, it's cool that that uh, that's how we're going back to it now and we found a way um you know to get the season happening again it just seems amazing how little we knew about all of this then as you know we were leaving the arena that night i remember paris and i stayed probably until almost 11 p.m mm-hmm. that night just hanging around we had no idea you know is there going to be news is there are, are the players still here you know everybody was so separated so uh i just wonder what what that looking back on that for you now after all these months as, as you were leaving the arena that night and what you were thinking? I mean, it was, like you said, it was a wild time um, for a lot of people. So, you know, I think uh, it's a, it's a game I'll always remember. Um, and, you know, I, I just think that it's cool now that we're able to go back and play it again now um, after all these months, find a way to make it happen again. And it still kind of carries that exact same significance it had back on, on March 11th with, you guys having an opportunity to move up to fourth because you guys are only separated by one game and one spot in the rankings. I mean, that just has that same significance now going into the, the seeding games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is the last eight games now and then the, the standings are pretty close, obviously, but uh, I think it's important. We don't look into that too much and just, uh, you know, try to build good habits during the games uh, and make the most out of what we have in front of us. It's now time for Made You Look. And Mike, what made us look, me and Nick both, we, we talked about this, was you were asked in one of your media availabilities of what makes this team so special. And your answer was just a- a- absolutely just so emotional and I think really spot on for what has made this Thunder team so successful over the course of these these 64 games. And you being your first time, first year here and after – you know, bouncing around for, from a couple of teams last season. Um, what for you personally made this team so special? Uh, I think it's really the people. Whenever I look back on, on times of basketball, it really comes down to the people that you played with and the people you played for and that cheered you on and everything. So, um, you know, I think that kind of ties in with the Peace Players connection too. It's just that, you know, you, you are – through the game of basketball and through sport, you just meet so many people from different backgrounds and get to learn so much about them and how to work together for a common goal. So uh, I think that's just what has felt good this year is to be able to 
you know, be on the thunder for the, for the full year um, and just really get to know the city and the fans and, and all the people in the organization. I feel grateful for that. Yeah. You had mentioned just kind of that feeling when you bounce around to a couple teams in a year, what's that like for a player, you know, just emotionally, not only, you know, having to move all over the country, but to then have a place where it kind of feels like home uh, after, after a season where maybe you felt more shuffled around. Yeah, no, it's, it's cool. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful to, uh, to play the NBA and have the opportunities, you know, even, even getting traded, you know, it's while some, there's parts of it that are tough, there's really fun opportunities, you know, associated with it too. But, um, you know, just like I said, to be able to be on, on the Thunder for, for the full year this year, just, uh, you know, I think just gave me some time to, you know, to really get to know some people uh, well and, and continue to, um, you know, kind of get to know them and build a relationship as opposed to, you know, like I said, yeah, kind of moving around a little bit last year. So, so I, I still feel grateful for that now. How much of that, you know, goes into having a coach like Coach Donovan, who right now is, you know, making a strong case for Coach of the Year. You had mentioned that he kind of allows you to, and all of the guys, to just be themselves and, and play within themselves. I mean, how big of an impact does that have for a guy like you? Oh, yeah, it means a lot. Um, you know, I think it uh, – you know, it, you, you feel, uh, you feel trusted, um, you feel kind of believed in. So, um, you know, he's a, he's a great leader and a great coach. It's really fun to play for him. Um, I don't like playing against him on the golf course uh, <laughs> anymore, but uh, <laughs> on the basketball course, it's fun. We have now come to that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline. And Mike, you were featured on one of OKC Thunder's Instagram posts and the caption was Muskie don't miss. And it was you thinking five three-pointers in a row and your post-game shooting drill or competition that you and Dennis and Abdul always participate in. And, well, and Gallo. See, what and Gallo. See is that Gallo wasn't in that competition. So I think that's why there's a direct correlation. <laughs> to me winning that one because I think he wins 97% of the time. So <laughs> that's just not Sorry, fair. That's not fair. The coolest thing was that that shooting drill that, you know, is so famous that we see as media members when we come into the Thunder Ion right there in front of us, you guys are always competing in that really intense, exciting game. It made its way to Orlando. You guys are still having fun with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it started. I mean, I, Dennis said that Russ, I think, played it uh, when he was in OKC after practice. I could be wrong on that, but uh, it just he brought it up after our, one of our first practices of the year, and I just thought it was fun. So yeah, we stuck with it every day. It's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been cool. It's kind of uh, lasted through the Thunder generations. Uh, I think that's been around for for a few years now, and and they kind of gets passed along to the next group. You know, <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> How does it work exactly? Like, what are the rules exactly? We've always gotten kind of, uh, you know, mysterious uh, rules and they seem to maybe morph a little bit. I don't know. Okay, yeah, that's a good question. So you, you do like, uh, basically you get in the line, say, say we're shooting with four guys and uh, you go until you miss and you got to make going around, you know, one way, uh, you got to make five at five spots. So, you know, technically you can make, you know, 15 in a row and then you've had to finish your third spot. And then once you miss, the next guy line goes. And he shoots until he misses. Once you get all 25 going around, then you have to make one at five spots going back around all in a row. And that's where, so like if you make, you know, 
your fourth one from the wing, and then you go to the corner and you miss that fifth, you have to go all the way back to the beginning and try to get one around the five spots. So Gallo actually was was beating us so badly that during the season that he would shoot left-handed on that last (laughs) corner three. And, like, you know, he would go, like, one for six, and he'd make the sixth one, and then he'd be like, good lord. How do you guys uh, determine, so. like, what order you guys go in? Like, do you make Gallo go last now? No, whoever won last the night, the day before, the prize before, gets to go first. And, uh, and it, so it's, it's just it's like a, golf. It's just like golf. You get honors yeah. when, you, when you play well in the hole before. Exactly. And it's <laughs> like uh, – it's like a, it's like an addictive sh- drill for a streaky shooter, you know. But in a way, it's like a, it's a good way to try to just get into rhythm, you know. Because you know, like you said, like like in golf, if you're the one who won the hole before, you kind of get to stay in that rhythm and go right away. So sometimes when a guy's make made twenty in a row like Gallo, you gotta you gotta wait around for a while and then try to catch that rhythm again after you've been kind of waiting on your shot. So it's fun. Be like Dennis and try to distract him while he's shooting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Dennis's face is always up in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fun. <laughs> well, Mike, we want to thank you so much for being on our podcast today. We really appreciate you taking the time out from Orlando to be with us. Oh, absolutely. Paris. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. It's always good to see you. And thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to Mike and our producers. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.